This is President Sullivan, and I appreciate being a part of the Back Pocket Podcast. The boys from the Back Pocket are back. Today is May 1st, and it is cold, rainy, and everything in between. We thought the sun was going to be out. Nope. It's Not still staying hidden. Not a chance. Here we are saying the weather's going to be nice, the weather's going to be great, all sorts of positivity uh, surrounding the atmosphere, and here we are with clouds, clouds, more clouds, and rain, and cold weather, mind you. Yeah, I mean, you, you think when you hear the, the term April showers bring May flowers, usually it's like that, you know, 60-degree rain, and it's kind of enjoyable because it's the first time that it's kind of warm out, Yeah, but it's bitter cold, and we got spring ball. Yeah, and, and just to also add on, um, rent is due, month of May. It's May 1st. Um, not only is rent due for most people who, uh, you know, have houses here around campus and everything, but it, it's also due for, just speaking, the month of May. The May, May flowers need to be coming out now. I'm done with this. I'm sick of this rain in April, and it's uh, just time to get going here. So let's transition and uh, get this whole episode started here. So we... Uh... You know, average podcasters got to surround themselves with not average people. So Deck and I, average, as we have told you throughout this whole podcast, we surround ourselves with two guys who are potentially going to be in the NFL in the near future. Uh, we got Alex Finsky, who's projected fifth round. I think he's fourth, 14th, 14th rated quarterback on Mayock's big board, which is pretty big time. Uh, potentially the fifth round. And then we got Jordan Roberts, who has another year left of college, but is poised to have a breakout season and then be high on uh, Mayock's big board uh, for the 2018 NFL Draft. Yes, that's a great point. Uh, Mayock absolutely loves St. Thomas. He's been coming here every year, scouting our boys. He's obviously missed two key elements in the St. Thomas uh, regime and culture. That's obviously me and you. You and I are uh, definitely two that Mayock should look at. Maybe, just as podcasters, not as NFL players per se. I will say, though, Alex Fenske um, had an unbelievable year this year for St. Thomas. Mayock's got absolutely right. He's got the arm. He's got all the intangibles to become an NFL quarterback. Got that drive. Got that blue-collar spirit. I love what he's doing. And then when you're looking at Jordan Roberts, yes, like you said, has a whole other year. He's just going to absolutely be unbelievable this year. He's poised for a great season. Not only does he have the Lord on his side, he he's um, big time seminarian here, but he's also just the greediest guy I think I've ever met. So if you guys like Danny Woodhead, you guys like um, Christian McCaffrey, you know the uh, the white running backs in the NFL right now. Um, Jordan Roberts is the next step up, and you can also compare him to maybe like a, a Jordan Howard for the Bears. He loves to get upfield, always pushing for that extra yard. Um, another running back that you could compare him to would be maybe like a Mark Ingram, just he's got that big shoulder set, you know, big biceps, and he's, he's going he's gonna to be competing in the NFL. We guarantee that. It's just depending on what team can uh, see the light in him. My favorite player um, that I see Jordan replicating is Tiki Barber. Well said. And that's all I'll say about that. So moving on here, uh, as most of you guys know, we have a tradition like none other, the... Oh, which we go... Actually, hold on. Backtrack here. We have a brand new segment. It's hitting the scene. It's coming in hot. It's called Tradition Never Graduates. And I bring this up, and it started and it sparked with Gamiel Hall's electric article that he had um, regarding the Tour de Francia, a tradition like none other here at St. Thomas. And it had to do with the neighbors around school getting mad 
um, calling in to the dean of students and... What we mentioned a little bit yeah, briefly well, in the previous podcast. Correct. We had alluded to this at um, the podcast in our last podcast last week and uh, just from the dean of students' message. And now we're at, back at it again. Gamiel had the great coverage and a great article on this and was very, you know, unbiased about what he had to say, you know, what have you. However, it brought up the, um, the dean of students mentioned how we should, she wants to hold on to these traditions at St. Thomas that we absolutely love, the Tour de Francia, and now coming at you hot this week, Derby Days, a tradition like none other. So we're going to get you guys as, you know, as the back, um, as podcasters, as guys from the back pocket, we're going to give you guys the ability to make money this weekend. By presenting our picks, which we think are electric and probably pretty spot on, we have some underdogs that we don't even know if he's going to be competing in the field, but if he is, he will be fast and he will be accurate. Oh, that's a great point, AI. So let's go ahead and backtrack once more here. So the Kentucky Derby doesn't officially pick their 15 or 20 racers. I don't know how many actually race around this track. Um, I do know one thing, though, is that uh, they ha- they pick all the race all the horses on May third, April or yeah May third, which is a Wednesday, and basically we at, at the back pocket we do our research as always, and we've noticed there are about we have about eight to nine uh, horses here, all great names, all fast, all accurate, great horses. Let's take it away. So our first pick, who uh, is our favorite to win the Kentucky Derby, is fast and accurate. Um, he's a fast horse that runs an accurate race. It's in his name. That's a given. Um, other than that, we just know he has been competing for uh, X amount of years, and you know he, he has it. He, he really has it because he, these horses are new breads. New and breads. They don't run X, until give like him X amount of years, maybe six months. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> very stays, short career. He stays tight to the rail and he gets out early, so he allows himself to get ahead of the pack and avoid all of that. Uh, um, you know, compact conjunction, whatever you want to call it, uh, right off in the early in the race. But when you watch the Kentucky Derby, you're going to realize that the, the horses that get out fast may not ever win. But you got to remember the back half of this man, this horse's name, accurate. He has the de- he has the minute details to keep him in the race for the longest period of time, and I think he will push towards the end, and I, I'll give him the victory. Yeah, I you know I I really do like what you're doing there, Andrew. Um, I just pulled up a video here of his last race so let's go ahead and watch that and they're off and racing and a great line out wow Russian Revolution, holy the first cow which one is he he's the one in front I like how he's racing he's the one tied to the rail right here yeah he's tied to the rail he he uh he goes close to the rail here oh okay I like that so he goes close to the rail that way he cuts off all the other horses yep as if you're gonna put your money on yep if you want to put your money on a horse it's this one. Wow. Okay, so that's, that's good just stuff. a little brief preview of what Fast and Accurate brings yeah. to the table. I mean, if you if you can hear something Fast and Accurate, it obviously runs Fast and Accurate, physically speaking. I'm very excited for what Fast and Accurate can do. Another horse that you guys might be wanting to get after, um, put your money down on, He's going to have great odds coming into the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. It's the Battle of Midway. The horse's name is the Battle of Midway. Now, when I say the Battle of Midway, you got you historian uh, 
you're, you historians, your ears perk up, I'm sure, because that's how we got Hawaii in World War II. Um, it was a very, it was a crucial battle in World War II. They, uh, we, we were battling Japan out in the Pacific, and we beat them. And then that was a, um, our ability to push forward on towards Japan and gain the Pacific Ocean and Hawaii with it. So I, I have no idea what Battle of Midway runs. I don't know what its 40 time is. I don't know anything about it. However, I'm really stoked for Battle Midway. Right on. I'm also thinking about Classic Empire. Uh, <laughs> when I see that name, what sticks out to me uh, is its relevance to the back pocket. We alluded to in our very first podcast how um, we are starting an empire by doing it you know, as average as possible, just like how Ma Zedong, Jeremy Lin, Genghis Khan did. You know, It's a classic empire, and we are very similar to those attributes. So... Um, I'm going to put my money also on Classic Empire because of all of those things that presents itself. Yeah, so I would. That's a good point. Uh, we're going to be putting our money on all these horses with you guys. Um, we're going to obviously be putting most of our money on Fast and Accurate. However, Battle of Midway and Classic Empire along with that. I also just want to add um, Classic Empire. Best Star Wars movie allegedly is Empire Strikes Back. So that's one thing to note. Great point. On to the next point. Uh, on to the next horse. Sorry, I have Gormley. Uh, shout out Owen Brown. Can you Owen spell Gormley. that for him? Yeah, uh, G-O-R-M-L-E-Y. So my friend's name is Owen Brown. His mom's name is Kathleen Gormley. Uh, sweetheart of a woman. I absolutely love what she does uh, for Owen. And I would just like to make that known, and I think that translates. The name, the name translates throughout history, and it reoccurs, and it impacts people with that name as well. I love Gormley in the Kentucky Derby. Another horse that we love a ton is Irish War Cry. Mm. And why do we love that? Um, what do I think when I hear Irish War Cry? I think Mel Gibson in Braveheart. And Mel Gibson just came out with a, um Oscar nominee uh, movie. What was that one called again? Um, with the guy that wouldn't fight, but um, it was really gory. Moonlight. No. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, is that a uh, talent show with the animals? No, it was the war war movie with the uh, Andrew Dunkirk Garf- with Andrew Garfield. Gunf- no, it's not. That's not out yet. With Andrew Garfield. Uh, I don't know. It was an all right, but it was a good movie. So so hold on. So <laughs> that's the point, though. Yeah, Mel Gibson movie. came out with a great movie just recently, and that's just bringing everything full circle. Irish War Cry. He's gonna. He's coming out. He's breaking out of the pack, and I'm. I'm betting my money on Irish War Cry. Okay, so. Our last pick, this is uh, the pick that you're going to make. Uh, most likely when you're, um, you know, you're showing up late to the party, uh, the Kentucky Derby starts in five minutes, you're scrambling in your back pocket to grab your money, you're probably uh, inebriated at this point, um, you need to throw a pick, you need to throw someone uh, money on some horse, some some odds, give so me some odds. pull out of your back pocket. You're going to throw down your hundred bucks and you're going to throw it on McCracken, MC, capital C, Racken, R A K E N, McCracken. Put it on that. We have no idea what the horse is, what he does, what he has to provide, but that's that's a pick you got to make. So a good thing to be aware of with the Kentucky Derby is no one really knows who's going to win, but you really just look at your favorite name and like McCracken, you're go- it's a guaranteed win because of that name. Yeah, and you're right. The the things to be aware of for the Kentucky Derby more so uh, things that you can absolutely count on are the absolutely ridiculous outfits. So. Derby days here at St. Thomas is a tradition like another. Like we had said, um, people are dressed to the nines. 
But when I say to the nines, I mean they have absurdly large hats and everything in between, and it's just absurd. But I would want to point out that they are in what I would call posh outfits. And, and by posh, what do you mean by that? Posh. So I learned this uh, word on my month-long sabbatical. For all of you that don't know, I went on a J-term course, a month-long sabbatical. I think they get learning. it. You've mentioned it a few times. Yep. Uh, it was a theater class, with, yep. and I was the only guy there, and I learned a lot about uh, girls and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. one of the terms that came up was the word posh. And it means very rich and high class. So, pretty, I would say that's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, for sure. And another thing that's accurate, like what we are doing right now, when the Kentucky Derby comes around, people begin to act like they know horses. And they're just going to tell you their knowledge, like, this guy was bred with this type of owner, and he's got this jockey who raced with these horses in the past, and he's got this type of hoof, and their legs are this amount long, blah, blah, blah. They're going to give you a bunch of different facts. Really, no one knows anything about horses. Yeah, uh, honestly, like, it's such a crapshoot with horses. They could they could run out of those gates, and really, they just don't know what what they're doing, and they get scared, and they can just be like, all right, we're done. But I one thing that, I, that just always is funny to me is the horses get awkwardly treated like humans, and then the jockeys get treated kind of like robots, like, the jockeys don't do anything. They yeah. just slap the horse's ass as they're going down the track the whole time. It's like, really? I think that's kind of hard to do. And they're such awkward humans. I mean, they're like, so tiny. They're so tiny. <laughs> they are tiny little humans. They're tiny little robots. So it's absurd. So one thing you got the, our, all of our listeners should be aware of is our um, one of our longtime listeners, kind of a shy guy. He's not going to go out of his way to um, promote himself, but he's on his way to becoming a jockey. Is Austin Lorch? Mm-hmm. That's a great point. So. Lorch was asked this spring season for football to get up to 165 pounds. Um, maybe the coaches thought he'd be more effective at his position mm-hmm. um, at 165 pounds. However, I will say uh, Lorch totally ignored them and said, I want to be 155 pounds. And I'm looking here, uh, requirements to be a jockey is um, to be shy, um, do your job, Less than five foot six, and oh, the weight limit here is 155 pounds. So that's a great point, Andrew. I think I think that's Lorch a, might be becoming a, a jockey and competing in the Kentucky Derby in the future. And you know, also breaking keep, news. keep breaking news, more breaking news to keep your mind aware of Jack Doomer. He's a longtime listener, called in a few times. I think he's trying to cut some weight right now as well and trying to compete in the Kentucky Derby. I think by 2020. Yep. So we'll. Keep your eye out on that. Mainly Lorch. Keep your keep that Jack Doom in your back pocket, but mainly let's watch out for Lorch here. Um, Lorch does wear a lot of bright clothing, which the jockeys also hmm, happen to be wearing bright clothing. So, uh, one last thing to be noted that kind of refers back to my uh, horses get awkwardly treated like humans is there are horse Twitter accounts, and they're everywhere. So you can go ahead and follow Fast and Accurate, the back pocket favorite. Um, his Twitter handle is, or his or her, I don't really know what the gender of the horse is, but you can follow Fast and Accurate, at Fast Accurate. Great follow. Uh, the horse has about 200 followers. It talks about eating grass, um, preparing for its races. It actually communicates. Circles. Yeah, it circles, left turns. Left turns. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny because it tweets at all the other horses. So there's kind of, you know how there's like black Twitter and, mm. you know, that kind of stuff? Well, there's also horse Twitter, and I think that needs to be talked about a little more. Mm. 
So very interesting. And also, when we revert back to the the statement Deck made earlier about posh, my personal opinion um, is I've also talked about this on the podcast prior. You know, you're going to go to the Kentucky Derby and you're going to have your line of ties laid out before uh, you um, and go out to your whatever party you are going to partake in. Um, and, and if you want to be successful, you're going to do what I do. You're going to look at all your options. You're going to weigh them. You're going to hold them up left and right. You're going to view the colors, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the day, no tie. Because you got to make the move. you got to be bold. And you go away from the narrative. Do not follow the narrative. Write your own story. No tie. I love the call. You're looking at blue tie, white tie, gray tie, wearing a white shirt, black shirt, brown shirt, purple shirt. How many colors did I just named? Probably like 12. We're not numbers, guys. But isn't uh, how much easier is it just to be stress-free and just match your jacket to your, your shirt? It's so much easier. It's so much nicer on your neck for all those guys doing shrugs out there. It's so easy. And then for our girl listeners, do we have any... Uh, any advice for uh, advice for girls? I, you know, I'm not that great with advice, but maybe just big, big floppy hat. Big floppy hat. Um, gotta. Who wants big. to wear sun? Who wants to wear sunscreen on derby at derby days? You don't, but you wear big sunglasses. You wear huge sunglasses. You wear a hat, and then uh, sundress. Sundress, and then sandals. Some sandals. Yeah. Get those Hercules sandals. Yeah. Those Hercules sandals are dope. Yeah, you're going to get some nice tan lines up to the knees, whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, okay, so yeah, let's interview Big Hat, Sundress, Hercules sandals. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, now we'll trap the puck on the Kentucky Derby, and we're going to transition to our interview, but before we do that, we're going to give you a little brief overview of who our interview is. So Joey Tats is who we're about to, or who the interview is. We interviewed him in Aruba on the beach. And so the audio quality is, eh, you know, it's it's not the best, but it's quite enjoyable because you can you know picture it yourself. You know what the audio quality is? Average. It's average. Absolutely. Continue. So picture, picture yourself sitting at like a little tiki hut bar um, underneath the little canopy and you got some music playing in the background and then the, wa- the wind and the waves in the background and it's just us two, Joey Tats. He brought a couple of people from his entourage. So, well, actually, one thing to mention is uh, Joey is from New York. He's a Long Islander. He's yeah. Don't tell. He's not from New York City. He's yeah. from Long Island. Long Island. See if you don't you don't call people from Long Island from New York because that the same. So that's our that's also our New York accents. We like that a lot. And then another thing, uh, another great way to know who Joey Tats is is Deck got a present from Joey Tats. You want to tell us correct? About yeah. That? So we're in the interview. Interview. You'll hear this, and he's wearing this shirt that is the. Uh, it says just hit it on it, and there's a Nike swoosh on the top, and it's, uh, it's like all kinds of like weed and stuff on it. It's, it's got like, like weed. Alarm, it's got the alarm clock that says 4:20. It's got a bong on there, a bowl, like a joint, and it says just hit it in green letters. And I and I just go, hey man, that's a sick shirt. And literally right after I said that, he takes off his shirt and throws it at me and says, take it. <laughs> that was the last thing that ever happened. I still have it in my room. It's Hanging up. <laughs> it's, 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 it fits surprisingly well because Joey Tats is a little bit on the heavier side. Well, he's not, well let's not give the, he Yeah, he's kind of on the heavy side, but he does do CrossFit. Yeah, because he, he had lost 70 pounds. He was heavier, and now he cut the weight. Yeah. So, great man. But yeah, okay. either, either way, I'm a little bigger than him, but, you know. But. He's a great guy. We loved interviewing him. Uh, let's take it to the interview. So we got a unique interview here today. 
We brought in a guest, Joey Tats. We met him on Jolly Pirate the other day and immediately had a connection. We loved his story and we just wanted to get our listeners to know more about Joey because we appreciated his, his stories and everything that he was about. Uh, Joe, if you mind giving us our listeners a quick background about you, that would be yeah. great. Well, as soon as I become famous, I don't want to be one of those guys to become like a Bruce Jenner with the Kardashians or whatever. But um, I'm from New York, Long Island. Been a bartender and owner and whatever my entire life. Got tons of stories. You have no idea. <laughs> when people say, you know, like you can't make this shit up, you can't. Then I ain't lying. You can't make this shit. I don't even try. Yeah. I wouldn't even try to make up a bullshit story because it's, a, yeah. it's impossible. It's something I've seen and heard. So, awesome. Were you born and raised in Long Island or been there your whole life? Or? Uh, yeah, other than that, I did six years in the Marine Corps. That's right. Thank you for your service, by the way. Yep. That's I would awesome. Again, they keep telling me I'm too old to go back and kill people, but... Too old, will Bring it on to the round table. We got Sean here. Sean's a fr- good friend of Joey. Joey gave him up for Lent. Sean decided to yeah. come on here, come on board still. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. No. Didn't make it make sense too much, but hey, we're, we're here. live right now? Yeah, we're live. We're live. Well, we edit this out. Oh, like we, we basically record now and then we put it online later. Okay. So yeah. it's not like a lot. Where's this going to go on the radio? Everywhere. It goes- Everywhere. iTunes. Oh, boy. You didn't want Oh God! Should we hit him, we hit him with the first question? Yeah, him, yeah, you guys have to like, stop me over something. Man, well, I, you know me, I'll just roll with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's, <laughs> that's the best part. What's your favorite story to tell? What's your bar story? <laughs> when we saw from last night, you want? <laughs> About three days ago, when I met these guys, I go to the Jolly Pirate at Moomba, and some schmucks knocking on the door. <laughs> I'm like ready to kill. I'm like ready to kick the dope and like knock the fuck out of somebody. And it's Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! First time. Like Where's the package? I had no idea he was coming here. Yeah. Like, when, when was the last time you saw him? He dropped me off at the airport. He's picking me up. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Okay, now we gotta get an Uber. Oh. You got on the same plane? No. No. Nope. He, he, I tell you, I was in the bathroom. I knocked on the fucking door. The guy comes out. That's awesome. He's, he's my ride home. And now we're going home on the same flights. I don't know how we're doing this. Oh. Uber. Uber. Why, uh, why Aruba? You, you, said, you said you came to Aruba, what, 12 years ago? I came to Aruba, I came to Aruba like, when I was, like, after high school or something. Like that. We did, like, the spring break thing and all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh... Guys, uh like, I think we got a bucket coming. coming. Like, seven, eight years ago, my parents had this thing for a, a free vacation at the Marriott. Okay. And they wanted us to buy a timeshare. And then there was this dreadlock guy. He just had a water taxi that went back and forth. And the guy's like, oh, we'll take you down to the Dibby. And when I, we went down there, I loved it. And I just bought a place, and that was it. Nice. That was it, huh? And every year, we just come here. That's sick. Sometimes twice a year, sometimes three times a year. That's awesome. So we know you're a big, uh, or, you know you're a big music junkie, punk rock punk guy. Yeah. So... Give us a, because you, you mentioned a story last night about uh, your first concert. Oh, and Black all that. Sabbath. Yeah. So give us give us a little insight on how, like, how, how did you get involved and how did you, how did you get turned on to my punk father. rock music and all that? Uh, well, I was, I don't know, just, I was like five or six years old and my father was like so-called babysitting me. I don't know how you babysit your own kid, but whatever. Sure. Like, my Hi, mother. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My mother was like 
at a pottery class or something. <laughs> is that what you, so your dad was babysitting while your mom's out at a pottery club? Yeah. Love it. So like, he had him and his friends had tickets to a concert. Yeah. So we went. I, I, like I really didn't get it at the time. But like a year later, they brought me to see Kiss. I thought it was like, my like, guys are great. And me and my father argued about it for years. Kiss sucks. Musically they do, but it's a good show. Yeah. When I got older and I realized how great Black Sabbath was, like, it changed my whole life. I think that's what got me into the whole punk and hardcore scene. Right. That's awesome. So, yeah. what's your, like, in the in the 80s, who would you say is, like, one of your favorite punk rock bands? Because I guess it shaped so far. In the 80s, I was a, I was a big Ramones fan. Okay. I like the Sex Pistols, like exploited. Sex, you said Sex Pistols. Yeah. Those guys aren't those the guys that they uh, they're like one of the reasons the Berlin Wall went down, right? Yeah, Johnny Rotten. That's right. But uh, then I got more into the whole California thing. Okay. Like Hot Chili Poppers or like yeah, but that's like we said that's later. That's more like funk. Yeah. But like I got into like the whole like they call it, like surf punk. Okay. Dead Kennedys, Descendants, the Vandals, because hey. they were just like New York was like. Fierce, angry, and aggressive. Okay. But California was just like, they could talk about your girlfriend cheated on you and you hate her, but it sounded fun. <laughs> now, like, it, was it, was just, it was completely, complete polar opposite. That's yeah. kind of how I always understood it. Yeah, was just, yeah, completely different. And then, like, after years, like in the 90s, I, I, I played with, a couple times, I played with a few different bands. Okay. And then, like, there was like this fusion like all of a sudden like a band from California would come like to CBGB's or to Webster Hall and play with a New York band and just become friends that's awesome now like now I've, I've seen some of these bands forever you know Rancid I've been seeing these guys for 30 years yeah and, they're just old time bands now and yeah, people don't even realize like Tim Armstrong has like five different bands and uh He's actually on the, the Garnier Fructus commercial. You guys don't even realize that that's a punk rock song in the background. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Woohoo! Like, that whole yeah. thing? Yeah. Punk rock. Oh, what, Blur? What is it? Song 2, Blur? No, but that, it was, um... Shit. That's crazy. It's sold out. The Transplants. Transplants, there you go. Because it was guys from, from four different bands. Uh-huh. One of the greatest bands you guys should definitely check out. It's called Me First and the Gimme Gimme. Okay. They do nothing but covers. That's all they do. They're from the six guys from five different bands, and they do nothing but covers of like every song you can imagine. This is crazy stuff. I love it. But uh, for so for like the '90s, you, you did you get into the grunge scene at all? I did. Okay. I tell you, I, I just seen uh, Temple of the Dog. Temple of the Dog, yeah. A few months ago for my birthday. That's awesome. Thank you, Margo, even though I paid for the tickets. <laughs> but, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I did pay. Whatever. Um, edit that one out. Right. Um, yeah, so, like, Temple of the Dog, they, you know, they made one album in the 90s. Yeah. And then, like, they never toured, ever. Yeah. And then, it's that, I, would, I would compare Temple Dog more like Jay-Z and Kanye came together, did an album together, and it was sweet. Temple of the Dog, it was, like, three or four bands. Like, what was it? Soundgarden. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Mother Love Bone. Yep. Pearl Jam, Mother Love Bone. All and, those guys uh, came Alice together. And Chains. Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains, because was Lane Staley on it, too? No. No, it was... Uh, but the guitar... Um, guitarist from Alice in Chains. But... I can't remember his name, but all four of those guys came together and made just an unbelievable album. Just one album, that was it. 
and then I don't even, they don't, they don't really play too much. They, I, they, get, they never toured. Until, yeah, they never toured. They never toured until last year, November. They played, and they only played five shows. I think New York, obviously. Yeah, New York. I think they, they did Chicago, California, and I think Texas or something. I got the T-shirt somewhere. Yeah. So what would you say, uh, like living now? In present day versus living back in like the 80s and 90s, just because we we were I was born in 96 to date you. I was born in 96 and AI was born in 96. I got out of the Marine Corps in 96. Really? You're in the Marine. So then you got out in what 2000? No, I got out. Oh, in you got out in 96. Okay. So what was, what was like the the culture back then? What was the most like? Is there some sort of story where you can be like that was the 90s or that was the 80s? Well, we didn't have this stuff. Yeah, sure. we didn't have a podcast, that's for sure. Tele- telephones were still, like, connected to the wall. <laughs> like, if you wanted privacy, you just turn around, like, in the corner. You know? Yeah. Family still had, like, dinner together. <laughs> you know, like, you had to be home. Like, you know, it got dark out, no time to be home. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you could tell just, well, it's a New York thing. You could just tell by the whistle Thank you. whose father was calling you. We were talking about that with our buddy's family. They were out here with them, and they had, like, a distinctive, like, family whistle. Yeah, like, like, when they heard like, it, they would run. Like, I lived, like, a, a, a block away from the schoolyard when kids still played in the schoolyard. You know, we were out there playing hockey or stickball or whatever, and there'd be a whistle. I'm like, yo, Robbie, you got to go home. <laughs> well, you know, Joey, you got to go home. Like, we just knew by the whistle, like, what was going on. Right, right, right. That's awesome. I got in trouble one time. You know, like I said, there was no cell phones. Like you couldn't, like you didn't get called uh, to be home. This and that. So I came home one time, the first time ever. I got punished. I was like, Dad, I'm five minutes late. He goes, five minutes, five hours. What's the difference? <laughs> there you go, dude. I love it. Um, so Sean was over here. How'd you guys meet? How'd you and Sean meet? Um, bars. Bars in New York, Long Island. Yeah. See well, a Long Island guy too. Ride motorcycles. Well, okay. But he has to have me insurance. Stop interrupting. You know what the fuck's going on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is Sarah, by the way. Yeah, hey. Sarah, another, another friend of Joey Tats, a disciple. Might Maybe not for too long. You can <laughs> interrupting me. Oh, cold. <laughs> Either I'm staying in your room. Can you remember that? Are you? <laughs> okay. Oh, another good one. Uh, your girlfriend, right? I'm assuming Margot. Oh, yeah, my organizer? Your organizer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not kidding. Uh, it's true. She's not here right now, but... What was got... it? Tele- telephone, telegraph, telewoman? Yeah. That so was there's... Declan's, by the way. I'm yeah. just going to give him that three, one. Yeah, three ways. I told this to Joey yesterday. He loved it. Three ways to... There's three ways of communication. Telephone, telegram, and telewoman. That's it. That's just how you live your life. Now, jo- apparently a podcast. How'd you and Margot meet? Oh, <laughs> yes, that story is amazing. That's yes. a great one. I'm in the bar one night, and like I always heard about it. There was actually, I didn't even tell you this part. She's a vodka drinker, and they had a bottle of Mango Absolute, and it was actually crossed off, and it said Margo Absolute instead of Mango Absolute. <laughs> and I kept, like, for like a week or two, I'm like, who is Margo girl? Like, you know, you know. I'm like, no, I don't. I have no idea who she is. And I'm in a bar, and all of a sudden she walks in, and somebody goes, Margo! And she goes, Polo! <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Classic. I just lost my shit. <laughs> that was hysterical. 
That's what crazy. was your first tattoo? Yeah. This we did it with in my room, and we and we, we just took an exacto knife and made marks and put ink in there, and I like, just kept rubbing it. Yeah. No way. Like prison. Like. That's how you do it. Like prison. Like prison. He just said like prison. How's that Caesar salad? It's good. It's good. Is that is that New York or? It's New York hardcore. New York hardcore. New York hardcore. Okay. Cool. Very That's cool. sick. Do you get updated a lot, or are you pretty much done with it? Oh, I ain't ever done. Okay. What's your most recent one, man? Leg? Yeah, well, I've been working on this one for like six years. This is my friend Ryan, who died. Okay. Who, uh, um, you think I got stories? Because <laughs> nuts. Like, what should I even start with, Ryan? I used to have to babysit him, because my... My best friend was like Jen, who they used to date. He was barred from every bar she ever worked at. Right. Because he was just like, he was like smaller than me, but he would just start a fight with everybody. Right. And like win. Fighter. And win. So I used to always have to babysit him. One night, we're in the bar, it's like three in the morning. And now the town we live in, for some odd reason, you're not allowed to park between like three and five. Most of AM. Yeah. Most of one like So. Summer. Well, then you see, like, the little code enforcement car pull up and, like, ready to give me a ticket. Mine's like, I got this. I got to take a picture. That's from Minnesota, that hat? Yeah. <laughs> That's where we go to picture. school. Yeah. Stop Tom. interrupting. I work with guys from See, this is what I mean about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Sorry. So, we, uh... Thank you. You know, it's like I said, it's like 3.30 in the morning when I went hammered. And then... I'm like, somebody's like, yo, Joey, they're giving you a ticket. Ryan goes, no, they're not. He runs out of the bar and steals the cop car. <laughs> it was code enforcement. Uh, it wasn't really a cop. It was code enforcement. But it's still a government yeah, vehicle. Yeah, still a government vehicle. It's like a lot of trouble. So I'm like, Fuck. So I run outside. I lock the bar. I run outside. I get in my car. And I start chasing Ryan on the block. Meanwhile, the guy's running. I pass him. <laughs> hey, closing speed. Ryan pulls over at the town hall, which is where the guy had to go anyway. <laughs> he drove his car back. <laughs> I pick him up, and we just went to another bar. No way. <laughs> Never heard from that guy again. Or the, the town car. No. Yeah. Well, they've given me tickets since then. Okay. This had to be like, well, he died in 2002, so this is a long time ago. Okay. That's awesome. That was the last tattoo you got? Or no, that was... Well, that's what I've been working, working on. You're still working on yeah. it. Okay. It took me 10 years to think about what I wanted. Okay, yeah. that's great. My yeah. friend tattooed him. Okay. My friend tattoos him. His girlfriend gave him... Oh, I got one this one. That's my but best was, friend did that. Which is a funny... Made in USA. Made so it looks like a stamp. Oh, that's awesome. I go, I go, she goes, you want to look like what? I go, I want to look it's faded and gone. She goes... So you want me to give you a crappy tattoo? I said, absolutely. <laughs> it's all about the art, man. So we want to, if, if you have a story that you were in your most, like, feared position yeah. or something. So we, we do it with all our guests. We ask them, basically, what was the scary, like, the scariest story you got? But I walked out of the bathroom and seen this asshole. Yeah, they go. Somebody ripped the door off. I go. Get no more surprises. Um, scary. I'm scared shitless of. What the hell was that movie? 
it? No. I don't know. Move. The chick's head spinning around. Exorcist. Yeah, 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 I was like exorcist. four years old and my parents wanted me to drive a movie and I was supposed to be sleeping in the vaccine and I watched that. You were, weren't you in war? That's what scares you the most? Oh, no, that was fun. <laughs> you liked war. I didn't like it, but... It didn't scare you. Because where were you stay? Were you in Korea? No, if I'm not were... that old. Come on, dude. My grandfather was in Korea. Uh, that's true. I was in Kuwait. Close. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, you were in Japan for a while, too, right? That's that where I was stationed. We didn't fight them. I that was fucking yeah, fighting them, but you were there. So nothing scary there, but when you watch the Exorcist, oh, no. when you no, it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be scary. I really, you don't know what's gonna happen, but yeah, you know, it's so cool having this 50 cal gun. You know, like, I have no idea. Like, uh, is that you have bad hearing because of that, or is it more what? You have bad, you have, <laughs> got him! Got him! <laughs> so <Buzzing. good. laughs> Absolutely, that's yeah. that's awesome. Ladies, gentlemen. Uh, and then reverse the other direction. What's the happiest moment you think you've been? Oh. Right now. Right now. Oh. Really? On the podcast? Oh, the I don't even know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> he still isn't sure. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so fun. Just a Ruba period. End yeah. of sentence. We hit him with the last two questions? Right? I think my happy's home. Yeah, yeah, oh, gosh. Uh, we can He's go pretty on. happy every day, I think. Yeah, live your life to the yeah, fullest. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, you know when everybody says you only live once? Bullshit. You live more than once. You only die once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. So it's Yodo. <laughs> Yodo. Right. You only die Yoda? once. Like, that's bull- you only live Yodo. once. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. In other words, I've been reincarnated four billion times. And the cat came back the very next day. <laughs> so, Joey, I got, I got another question for you. A lot of college listeners here. Give us a story for us college kids to hold on to. Oof. That's a rough. That's a, Oof. He's, he's flipping through the roll decks. Right? Yeah. Hey, we got time. This thing's not live. Oh, it's not live. It's not, not live. No, we, um, we, we'll add, we'll go through and edit it, make it all sound real nice, okay. make Joey we'll sound like a professional. We'll take the music out. I told you when I met Robert De Niro, right? No. You told us we haven't told the listeners. Yeah. yeah, that's a great story. Only that's time, a, only, I, you know, I'm from New York. You see people all the time. Like, you could be in the subway with Jay Z, and I would do any fucking phase me. But uh, I was in this place. Uh, I was in this place uh, called the Gaslight, right across, right around the block from Hogs and Heifers, where the whole. Um, the whole thing in that fucking movie? Uh, Coyote Ugly. Yeah, the whole Coyote Ugly thing. Is thing. My ex-girlfriend, Michelle Gascoigne, you lucky I told you that, is the only girl, they only let one guy in the bar ever there, and it was Paul McCartney. Okay. Which was pretty impressive, but she got to meet him, I didn't. Two weeks later, I'm in the gaslight, and my friend Asta's working. At the time, I had this, like, spiked-up red hair, like Billy Idol. No, actually, I'm lying. It was blonde, because was like Billy Idol. That's where the rest of the story comes from. And this guy next to me is like, who the fuck you got know to get a drink around here? And I'm like, awesome, give me a drink, get my boy a drink. I'm like, I get these two a drink, and I don't look over. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the guy turns around and goes, cheers, thank you. And it was Robert De Niro. No way. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Only time I ever got starstruck in my life. I was like, wow. So I'm like, of course, like everyone's here on the side of the bar. I'm like, I just fucking put Robert Dino a drink. My friends, my friends were like, bullshit. It was right over there. Like, you didn't talk to him. I go, no, I didn't talk to him. I put him a drink. 
And he turns around and he goes, Blondie, thank you. I go, see, I told you. So then like, you know, I go home, go back to Long Island, I'm telling everybody, you know, I hung out, I hung out with Robin and everything. Like, oh. Even my friend's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. About like three months later, I'm back in the same bar. And I had the red spike head, which I said at first. Yeah. And I hear this guy go, Yo, Blondie, this round's on me. And I was with different people. I'm like, yeah, I told you I knew that motherfucker. <laughs> yes. That's awesome that you remember you, too, man. Yeah, that's so cool. Very specific. I love that. What's the uh, the story with Vito and, on The Sopranos? That oh, one's that a good story, up. too. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, dude. like, local. That's the one that... After Hurricane yeah. Sandy, like, everybody lost their shit. Right by it. Yeah. Everybody lost their shit. Like, you know, like, everybody's, like, definitely... And you know, it's weird, like, you see disasters around the world all the time. And you don't realize, like, it's been five years, and people are still homeless there. Really? And, like, the houses are slowly fixed. You know, like, you don't realize, like, you see, like, it happening, like, oh, there's poor people, and everybody, like, donates bottles of water and blankets and shit, and you don't realize until it happens to you, and you never think it's going to happen in New York. Nope. My house got, I lived on the water, my house got washed away. I came back, there was a foundation, and the water shooting out of the pipes, like, nothing there. Wow. And this guy from FEMA comes, and I'm like... Trying to, you know, salvage whatever I can. Uh-huh. He comes up. He's like, hey, how you doing? He goes, how are you doing? And I'm fine. He goes, I keep, everywhere I go around here, people ask me how I'm doing. But meanwhile, you guys are just to go, I go, let me change that. I go, we don't give a fuck how you're doing. I go, this is how we say, we sound like idiots saying howdy. Goes, don't fucking, don't answer us. Just, how you doing and walk away. We're being away. polite. We're being yeah. polite. Not even being polite. I don't give a shit. Hi, how you doing? Like, hey, how you doing? It's a Seinfeld episode. It started with an H. Like, that's it. Yeah. You guys are probably too young for that, too. But anyway, <laughs> so then I'm at the bar that I work, that, you know, and we have a generator. And uh, the, we're, like, the only little block. Now, we're like a homeless shelter. We're letting, like, kids in there to hang out and play their Xbox and watch cartoons on TV. We have the satellite TV, so we, we have the Giants game on, like, what nobody else does. Yeah. And, uh, what's it? I forget his real name. But anyway, Vito, that little bastard Johnny Cake guy from The Sopranos, comes and tells me that I should let him have my generator for his family because he's a celebrity. What? And I was like, what? He goes, do you know who I am? I go, yeah. I go, you're a cocksucker. Sopranos. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I told you bit your line, but that's true. That was it. It's true. You don't have any kids. No. Your family, I mean, you... I don't think I have any. Yeah, you don't think you have any. Allegedly. So, and and if it's I just do, you, you're on your own. I want nothing to do with any of you. Okay. No. No, yeah, I got you. We understand. <laughs> but just your lifestyle, I mean, you're... What, are you almost 40 now? I'm almost 50. Almost 50, but this I'm, lifestyle I'm you live has just been... You, you work, and you work to live. Right. You don't work for anybody else. It's you work for you and you and you and you and you do what you want essentially. I don't, I don't own a house. Don't own a house. Okay. Got an apartment? Oh, yeah, apartment in New York or Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. In my parents' basement. Okay. No, <laughs> well, technically I do, but it's an apartment. But it's only because they took my house in Sandy. Right. But I did it. No. I got two Harley Davidsons and a Hellcat. And, and you well, just live. That's that's, that's that's the whole yeah. thing is. A, the American way, I guess, is you work... Margaret! Well, you co- come on, I'll make you famous. I'll make you famous. Joey's... Big Joey oh, Task, guys. 
Margaret. Exactly. She was one of the ones that came down to surprise me. Okay. You were Sean? We're running every second. Oh, come on now. <laughs> awesome. Um, but I'll continue to say that. Fuck it, Aruba. Go home and freeze. Better yet, go home with these guys. Yeah, we were from Minnesota. We go to school in Minnesota. Yeah. College guys in Minnesota. Just a little bit. Nothing crazy. She could probably tell you more stories. She probably remember where is that? Where is Minnesota? South of Canada. Yeah, right in the middle. It's in the middle. That's such an East Coast thing. I think Colorado's next to California. It's not. That's why it's awesome that you're hot because just getting back to it. Um, just that this lifestyle you live is so. I would almost say polar opposite of what we're we're told to do, which is. You work, you work to get your money, you work to get your wealth, and you, and you move up. You get, like, we start somewhere and we work our way up to get that more responsibility where you just work to my, live. My brother does that. My brother's a corporate guy, and like, everything in his life has to, like, make sense. Yeah. Like, if I stayed here for another month, I would figure out how to do it. Right. Like, I don't give a shit if I don't have a florin in my pocket, which is, that's would be in money. Like... <laughs> I would just figure it out. Right. You know, like, survivor, that's it. Correct. Um, I, I work to have fun. Should we finish our final questions? Uh, sure, yeah. Our final question, I guess? Yeah, I got one. Okay. Uh, so we usually ask all our listeners this type of question, and you being a, di- a unique stock li- lifestyle, we have college listeners that are all probably <laughs> roughly 20. And, um, Stay they're in trying school. To, yeah, they're trying to figure... No, Don't do drugs. Talk, I just told them to drop out, but no, yeah. no, no, no this, is the, this is where the question's kind of headed. They're all in their 20s, so they're looking for their path. They're looking for their future right now. They don't know what advice. So are we? Exactly. Everyone is. Right now, these probably maybe a little bit more are being young. Yes. Um, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But sure. go ahead. What advice kid. would you give to someone in their 20s, early 20s, if you could go back and maybe you'd do it differently, right? maybe not, or maybe just advice for a 20-year-old? Honestly, I say all the time because, like, I'm kidding. Like I said, like I don't even know what I want to be grow up. And it's a joke, but it's not. Like if I did it over, now I would like to be the guy that had their own the yacht and all that stuff. But get up every morning, go to work. I don't know about that. Yeah. Like stay in school, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Find a job with a pension. Okay. For what? In 20 years. Yeah, all you gotta do is 20 years, you're done. Go work for Sean. Yeah. Sean is a whole um, other animal. That's yeah. a whole other animal right there. Yep. Honestly, do whatever you think you should do. You had one more, you said. Yeah, final question. Oh, we're, we're hitting them with this one? Yeah, Uh-oh, got here it. we go. Bad this is going to be interesting. Yeah. I might need to kill it for this one. No, no it's simple. No, this is a sim- this is the simplest question. Which makes it always harder. Yeah. This is simple. Over the course of, since, I mean, you haven't, you may have not gone to sleep yet. So over yeah. the scope from the morning that you maybe you woke up to, to right now, what, do you, what did you learn? What is, what did you learn? Has there been something that's... I learned that the place over there only sells waffles. Yep. I learned Margo's mad at me. Mm-hmm. No, I learned where the podcast was. Yeah, kind of. You still don't know. I don't. No, it's don't. funny because everyone says that even though they know what a podcast I is. I know what it is. He has no idea. I'm no, trying to explain yeah, it. I have no idea what's going on. The movie script, the book. Oh, we didn't oh. even plug his book. Yeah, we book? A book. Oh, we didn't Versions. plug his book. Yeah, so let's Joey, tell us. Versions? Joey's, so Joey's Versions. got a book coming out in, let's say, roughly two to maybe ten Seven years. Seven years, yeah. I've been writing a book 
about my entire life in the bar industry called Versions. Oh, now what happens is every chapter is three different versions of the same story. But you know, there's always like my version and the truth. So like, but it might not is not necessarily always the same three people. It could be a police report, me and you. Yeah, and it's not even this one. It's not even necessarily that one of the one of the chapters that I might not even be in. Right. I think the movie's going to be better than the book. I think the movie... As always. Let's give us oh, the intro opening scene. Opening scene. Opening scene is me. Who's going to play you, actually? Brad Pitt. Well, <laughs> That's a Brad Pitt. Pitt. dead. If you're dead, he's dead. Brad Pitt will play him. Uh, don't worry about it. They that. got CGI. They know it's CGI. They know. They'll just have a hologram of Brad Pitt. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. You can make a hologram of me, then. Yeah, obviously. Can they make Brad Pitt? Yes, they can. They make Michael Jackson and... Can who's the other one that they made? Are we, do, are we, make, are we making a hologram Lido? now? Anyway, just died. Anyway, yeah. The opening scene of the whole movie, like I said, I've been all over the world. I bartended everywhere, trying to get rid of everything. So, right, so I'm talking to him, and Monty's there, and he always plays like the same seven songs on the jukebox. Mm-hmm. So he's playing Eric Clapton. It's got to get better in a little while. So I look around the bar, and like there's Monty, like I'm the Golden Rose champ, like trying to punch people in the face, like trying to see how close he can get without punching him in the face. I look down the bar, it's like um, the three broke down stockbrokers that think they're gangsters and they're not. Yep. They don't talk to anyone, they're just back there. No, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're always the ones like, yo, here's $5 for you. You know what, let me get a shot on the way out. You know, I'm good for it. They're always good for it. I got money, I'm good for it. No, you're not. Anyway, this whole thing's going on. I'm looking around the bar and I'm stalking the beer and the song's on. It's got to get better in a little while. It's got to get better in a little while. And I go, look around and I go, and I saw that in flashbacks. I'm like, I bought that in Japan, Germany, Italy, Hawaii, the Caribbean. I go, and here I am with this. And all I hear is, it's got to get better in a little while. <laughs> so then that's the opening scene of the movie. And we flash back to 17 when I got my first, like, real bartending job. It wasn't like my family's. So that's the opening scene. And everything flashes back from there. Mark, are you going to the room? We might make this the final scene. Yes. The podcast where you just don't know what it is and you just got two college kids asking, yearning for your... I'm even going to let you guys play yourselves. Yes. Ooh. That would be if you could, that'd be sick. That'd be the final scene of the movie. Can you get us those shirts too, though? I kind of want to wear that shirt in the movie. I'll give it to you. Perfect. Take it. You want to trade? It's yours. Take it. Enjoy. Thanks, Joy. What do you got? You gave me a shirt. Oh. Just smoke it? What is that? Just, just hit, hit it. it. Just hit it. One thing that I can say for sure that our listeners won't be able to get is we got the perspective of Joey's friends and everything to get the full notice of who Joey really is. Just wrapping up now, Joey, just want to say thank you for spending the time with us and getting this podcast in. No, absolutely. Really appreciate awesome. it. Great interview, and now we kick it off to the back end. We're going to talk a little NFL draft. It's going on currently because we're recording on Thursday. It's around pick 14, 15. Yeah, Cardinals just picked. Um, I don't know who it is, but Jonathan Allen is still on the board. Whatever, you know. So far, I mean, it's been... The, my favorite part of the draft so far has was, before it even started, it had the Browns' stats on their, on their picks in the first round and just their drafts in general. But the best uh, story... Or not the best story. The best stat line that I saw was they have not had... A quarterback starts 16 games for him for an entire season since 2001 with Tim Couch. Wow. 
That's awesome. <laughs> That's so Browns. 100%. Moral of the story, we are not experts in the NFL draft. We don't do our research a lot. We do know uh, enough to talk about it, but if we want to bring an expert, we're going to bring in a guy we had on earlier in our previous podcast, Dane Mosier. He's an expert on all fields of sports, uh, tremendous with NBA and tremendous with NFL. He's already got some hot takes, and, he, uh, and we're going to go ahead and call him and just get a, a couple of his hot takes for our, yeah. for our listeners. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's go ahead and get go ahead. Oh, here we go. Dane's actually calling us. Okay. Daner, how's it going? Good, Dak. How are you? We're doing great, brother. Hey, uh, so we're on the back pocket right now. We're glad you called. You're our first call-in to the back pocket, so thanks for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so NFL draft's going on. It's roughly pick 15. We, we need some hot takes from you. You got yeah, any? What are, your initial, what are your initial thoughts 15 picks in? Um, I, the Bears, that was an awful pick. <laughs> They, I don't know, they uh, <clears throat> they picked a guy that they could have had at number three, and they traded up for him and gave up like three or four picks in the process, and they're not even going to play the guy. Yeah, so, that's not the best call. I agree with you yeah, 100%, Dave. And also, Yeah, and also they paid how many millions of dollars to, to uh, so what's-his-face that look like guy? Mike Glennon, Mike I think it was fifty million. Yeah, so they paid him fifty million dollars just to draft another bust quarterback. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, What's your thoughts on Christian that, McCaffrey going the, to the Panthers? The Forty Niners did a really good job Hold on. with that trade. Yeah, I know they um, they're corralling picks now. Yeah, I like the Tennessee Titans. Corey Davis is a stud. PJ PJ Fleck got him there too. Yeah, people. Yeah, people forget PJ Fleck, Minnesota. Oh yeah, Sky I'm Umar. Sorry about that. Dane, I know you're. I know you think the uh, Bears pick is stupid, but as an AFC North guy and yourself being a Vikings <laughs> guy, you probably absolutely love to see the Bears making those mistakes. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> that just keeps the Bears the Bears. So that's all. Yeah, good. they're officially eliminated from playoffs next year. <laughs> here to hear first. <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. Bears are eliminated from the playoffs. Dane, yeah, uh, so it looks like the Vikings have two bye weeks next. Well, three bye weeks, actually. So uh, Dane, play the Bears twice. Dane I, um, I'm doing my math here. It, I'm showing uh, two of the ten, uh, two of the first ten picks in the NFL draft were white guys. Um, are white guys back in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, McCaffrey is a stud. Uh,. I mean, white quarterback, you kind of expect that. <laughs> but, yeah, McCaffrey's a stud. He's, I think he's going to play wide receiver. I like that. Okay. Uh, um, people forget Dane. I played against Chris McCaffrey my entire life in high school, so. Oh, yeah. he's. I forgot he, was, he lived in Colorado. Yeah, went to Valor Christian. A, yeah, dude. Stud. That's good stuff. I like him a lot. All right, Dane, uh, what's, your, what's, your final, what's your final thought? For the first round, who the, who are the Vikings going to get? Because this is going to air after the first round, but we're not yet to the Vikings pick. Who are the Vikings picking? Uh, well, if Joe Mixon is there at forty-eight, I feel like they're going to pull the trigger on him. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you, Dane. We look forward to having you on later. Thank you, brother. All right, dude. Looking forward to it. All right, take care, brother. See you. Always good to have Dane on. It's a pleasure, man. He's got great insight. Um, longtime listener, great fan of the sport. And also a reoccurring guest on the show. He's our he's our go to guy for all sports, especially Minnesota. 
let's kick it to the final uh, segments of our show, right? Yeah, so, we do. As I say every time, we're going to finish the podcast on a positive note. We're positive guys. We finish the same way every time. Final things. What do we learn in a feel good story? Personally, uh, today I learned in my interpersonal communications course. My boy Carl gave a speech on multitasking and how it is a myth. Um, is just, that it? Well, sorry. Is that his TED talk? Was that that was his TED talk. Yeah. Shout out, Carl. Nice oh, TED talk. Oh, killed it. Didn't no note cards. Absolutely crushed it. Very inspirational. Um, and his the moral of his story or the biggest theme was it. It's not multitasking is not a myth, but it's more. Uh, it's not efficient. It's it's the worst thing you can do. You can be listening to music and typing away on a paper, or um, typing your email and looking listening at social media. <laughs> you know, at various things. If you're when you're at your desk uh, doing work, just don't be multitasking because Carl will be there to say no, no, no. Um, so did Carl? What, so you know, like most TED talks, did they, did he have the uh, taped? Uh, little speaker to his no, it was cheek. on his suit. Um, uh, little clip right there, yeah. collar. I don't know why that that still exists. <laughs> like the like the infomercial like mm. little speaking microphone. I don't get that, but yeah. that's usually a TED Talk thing. Tough. Um, so what did I learn today? Um, I learned that we're all a part of history. So I'm sitting in class today, and we're talking Berlin Wall. And we had watched a CNN video, and I said, and in class, he's like, "What did you guys think of that Berlin Wall video?" And I just, I raised my hand. I was like, "I thought it was cool, like that these people that uh, were able to walk across to West Germany for the first time uh, were walking across with just so and being applauded by the West Germans as they're walking across, and they just knew, like, right then and there, like they were part of something big. They were part of something like they were part of history." And then my teacher stopped. I hope to get him on the podcast. His name is Zoltan Nash, unbelievable professor, one of the best at St. Thomas. But he stops classing me. He goes, that's a great point. He he goes, we are all a part of history, and that's a freaking fact. And and then he just kind of, he said, like, don't think it's just the big he- the big figures like the President of the United States or, you know, someone like that. Like, we're all part of the movement, and we're all part of history in our own way. So I thought that was pretty cool. Very interesting. Always informing our listeners, giving them a little golden nugget. Thank you, Dad. Absolutely. And then, feel good story. This is a tremendous one. I mean, it really warms your heart. Every Thursday, uh, you know, you get your snap from deck in uh, mechanical engineering class. BT just grinding away, working with his hands, and he's just the happiest man alive. And, you know, you just really love to see when BT's happy because... A happy BT is the best kind of BT. A happy BT is the best kind of BT. He's just got that charismatic smile on his face. He is ready to get after it. He, you know, when some, when you, maybe you, when most people hear, um, you, hey man, you have an 8 to 12 p.m., 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. lab, and then after that you got to go to another lab, and then after that you got to go bounce at a bar until 3 a.m., you'd say, wow, that'd be probably my worst day of the week. Not for BT. BT is the most blue collar man I know. The blue, most blue collar man, probably we all know, and he and he does it for the good, just for the good of the people. And you know, it's just fun to watch BT in there, man, just grinding away, just getting his hands dirty. Um, today we are we're working on a mach- like a machine. Uh, we work in groups of two, and we're all building our own individual machines. And you know, BT is working, and you know, he realizes he goes, "Hey, my my uh, machine sucks." So what does BT do? He tears the entire thing apart and part and starts from scratch. Let's be uh, mindful that we have been working on the same project since February, since the first day of the semester, and our 
final project is due next Thursday. Of course, BT's going to restart uh, less than a week before the due date because he's a freaking blue-collar guy. That's what he does. He's going to work till 3 a.m. until the rest of the week until next Thursday, and he's going to probably do very average uh, in the competition. But, like, that's what he loves, and he loves to do, and he wouldn't wouldn't want it any other way. Absolutely. BT, thank you for all that you do for us. You're a pleasure and honor. We love you. BT, thanks for warming our heart. We love you, BT. We love all our listeners. We love the back pocket. Take care. Take care.